You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Hello there, Flow Theory Podcast listeners. I'm Wade Peary, just letting you know, part three of our epic interview with Calvin Big Play McCray is coming up. Pull up a seat and butter your motherfucking popcorn. <laughs> you wanted to talk about um, action. Let's talk about midweek action, yeah. my man. Yeah, man. Uh, I hate it. I think it's the worst thing that I, it fucking sucks. Um, and like you and I talked about, man. So you talk about 2007, my senior year, man. We played three games, games in 12 days, days, right? Yeah, three games in 12 days. And I can't remember what days. Like what they fell on, but I knew we played BG. We played Temple, uh, Temple, and we and played Akron. And we played Akron. Yeah, and um, so from what standpoint, I get it, man. It's, it's great for TV, and it's, I mean, it's great TV deal, and it's great for those kids, you know, like me who was in Georgia, and the parents couldn't get to a midweek game. That's an opportunity for them to play on TV. But it sucks when we have to go play a game on a Tuesday, and we get back on like at like Wednesday morning at probably three o'clock, you gotta go home. Hopefully you can get a couple of hours of sleep and you gotta wake up and go to your eight o'clock class the next morning. You know? It sucks because as much as people want to say is yeah, I don't I don't think it's in the best interest of the athletes. It's not in the best interest of the athletes. The coaches, they don't have to go to classes. They're just football. They can get up and go to the office. They're at the office anyway. You know what I mean? But to be able and, and how absurd is that, man? You don't even do that in the NFL. You might have a quick turnaround where you go from like a Monday to a Thursday as far as the NFL goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, Calvin. Three, I agree. But to play three games in 12 days, that's absurd, man. And then, so imagine all those chairs you talked about, um, your boy down at Central Florida. You're talking about? Uh, well, uh, Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah. Jerry Jones. Jerry so Jones. Imagine. Imagine Central Florida Field being in the match, and as many carries as he got throughout that year, him having to play three games in 12 days. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Smith. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith. I said Kevin Jones. My yeah. bad. Kevin Smith. I would have, I was close to 100 carries in three games. You know what I mean? So imagine how many he would have had. Yeah. I think matching is the stupidest thing ever in terms of protecting athletes. Yeah, I agree, Calvin. I think they need to do something to fix that. I think I think the Mac schools are probably so desperate for the money. I guess you'd have to figure out a different way for the Mac schools to get the revenue, you know. But that leads me you to know, and I, and, keep going, and, keep going, again, keep going. I, yeah, I get it from that standpoint. I get the revenue. I get how it helps you for recruiting, right? But these recruits don't know that. They don't understand how crazy it is when you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? And to, ha- and to have done it for a couple of years when I was in college, it is not it's not what it's made out to be. You know, I, I get it. And I've talked to people at OU about it. I get it. But what does it all come back to? Money, man. And it, it, it'll never stop as long as that money comes in. But I am, I'm, I'm against it 100%, man. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, 
I agree. I agree with you, Calvin. I think that they need to figure out a way to uh, space out the games properly, which, you know, the NFL, the NFL does a really poor job of that too. You know, they make teams play on Sunday and then Thursday. It's, uh, it's ridiculous, dude. Like, sorry, football is, you're, you're not meant to play three games in 12 days. Sorry. Like, it's just not, even even if it's two hand touch, no way. You're not, man. it's too much on the body. And, like, some of those days were just glorified walk- walkthroughs as far as practice. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't do anything. They're like, all right, we're going to be heavy on film. You know, maybe one practice. The rest are going to be walkthrough type, very slow, and try to take care of your body. You know, but it, it's something in your body. And I don't care how hard you prepare in the offseason. That's that, the, the, you know, it's a brutal sport, and you can't play three games in 12 days. That's just. Yeah, I agree, Calvin, which leads me to my other question about player compensation. I want want to talk to you about EA Sports. (laughs) Talk about when you got your check from uh, EA Sports for the NCAA football video game. Shout out to the people that make the NCAA football game. Please, God, if you ever listen to this, bring the game back. back. Give the players a free console, a free video game. Everyone that is a diehard college football fan like myself, Calvin, a lot of the other players I've interviewed, we want the game back. So bring it back for the love of God. We definitely want it back, man. But uh, uh, Maxwell, man, Maxwell, Sean Maxwell, he sent a message, a group message on Facebook. He was like, hey, you all need to file your paperwork so you can get this check. And I'm like, no, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, EA Sports. You know, they're paying people, man. It's a lawsuit. I'm like, what? And he showed, he sent a picture of his check. You know, that was like, oh, hell no, I'm getting my money. <laughs> Fuck that. So I went on, I filled out the paperwork, and, you know, I want to say maybe two or three weeks later, and then I went and checked the mailbox, and that, that fucking check came right on time because I was broke, too. I filled out the, uh, uh, I checked my mailbox, and we checking out for them to, uh, maybe three, damn near three grand, man. So what they did was you had to go on his website. He basically said what years you were in college and what years would you have been on the game. But that end, they checked it out and they paid you according to, you know, how many, every many years you're on the game. As far as fair compensation, man, I'm all for it. I do feel, though, as though it's a slippery slope, you know, how do you regulate it? Because uh, obviously, Ohio State is going to be able to pay kids more than Kent State, you know. Then, well, shit. Uh, Florida, you know, there's no taxes in Florida. Are we taxing this money? Like, I feel like that part of it has to be figured out. But when you look at the amount of money made by these universities off of football teams, right? You talk about millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You're talking about turning around and looking up in the stands. Right. And seeing somebody with a number with a number five jersey on. They pay for that jersey. Right. Somebody's making money off that. My name might not be on the back, but I know who that jersey represents. I'm not getting any of any, any of that money. Shit. How about going into the bookstore and seeing your jersey in there and you can't even afford to buy it? You can't even afford to buy your own jersey. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I agree, man. And not only that, I, I think get- I think it's ridiculous that you know, listen, all the coaches in, in college athletics, I get it. Everyone needs to make a living somehow, right? But the fact that guys like Nick Saban, Dabu Sweeney, 
making $10 million a year while a lot of their players starve in dorms. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. That's such a fucking hypocrisy. God. One, I can remember nights, man. I can remember nights you had to scrape up money to eat, like dining hall clothes. Okay, you remind that. You've been working out, you got practice. How many calories are we burning in the day, right? Dining hall closes at seven. So you're telling me I'm eating my last meal of the day at seven, seven thirty, and I'm supposed to be okay until breakfast the next day, and I burn thousand calories in a day at practice. You know what I mean? Yeah, you I look agree. At, you look at any of these coaches uh, make the college football playoffs. Okay, so they're going to get a bonus for making that conference championship. They're going to get a bonus for winning that conference championship. They're going to get another bonus. And you talk about six-figure bonuses for making the college football playoffs, and they're going to get a bonus for making the national championship, and you get another bonus for winning the national championship. That's five, right? Yeah. That's five possible bonuses they come in. You know what I mean? And these are six-figure bonuses. They're making money. And I, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. College affords a lot of young men and young women the opportunity to get an education. I, 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 I'm for that 100%. But I also know that if you go down and look at the roster of a college football program and see some of the majors, it's a joke. What are these degrees going to do for these young men? Yeah, you can, you can really wipe your ass. When they're done with, playing. You can really yeah. wipe your ass with most of the college degrees. Like, how, many people, how many people are actually, and, and I get it, but how many people are actually in the field that they majored in in college. You know what I mean? I saw something crazy. A young man at Ohio State won a national championship in wrestling, right? Uh-huh. The, the athletic director got a bonus for him making the... What? The athletic director got a bonus for this dude winning the national championship. Jesus. I saw it on the news, man. That's, what the fuck did he have to do with that? That's so and stupid, what this, dude. What is this kid getting? What is this kid getting? Come on, man. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, I, that's I, I bullshit. Think, I think it needs to be regulated. I think it needs to be regulated. It needs to be figured out. But these kids need to be getting something. It, you know, I agree with you. you. It's, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be heavily regulated. I mean, my idea off the top of my head would probably be about a $3,000 extra stipend for college football and college basketball players and uh, because that would help cover a lot of living expenses every month, you know, gas, food, Absolutely. and all of that. You know, and I look at it from my standpoint, man, where I didn't, I didn't grow up in a household that had money. I couldn't go to my mom and say, hey, can I get $100? I couldn't go to her. I, I remember, wait, this is crazy. It's kind of a random story. But I'm outside of Wendy's Uptown. And a young lady had just checked her balance in a, uh, at the ATM. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and these were exact words. She's like, I need to call my parents. I only have $500 in my account. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> you got $500? I'm, I'm, I'm fucking rich if I got $500. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I couldn't call home and get that, man. And then what night you go home, you go hungry. Well, you gotta, hopefully you can make it to the next morning and go to uh, breakfast. Yeah. yeah, man, I think these these things need to be complicated. Man. I agree, Calvin. I mean, I was lucky enough to have my father help me and and my my grandmother help help pay for my college. You know, I just there's so many people out there that are not as fortunate. And 
I think that the NCAA, you know, it, it's just amazing to me how long the NCAA has taken to really just uh, take a look at, at some of these like problems. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I think the old, the old school thing in business is like, if you don't have to pay the money, you're not going to. So until, mm-hmm. until the public outcry is bad enough, then the end, mm-hmm. like, I don't think the NCAA is going to move their hand, but you know, Hopefully, yeah, I, I, I think I think the momentum is heading in that direction. And and to be honest, I think that they need to watch this very closely. We could talk about, you know, agents, agents um, trying to recruit a lot of these high school players, because let's be honest, dude, all these five star players. I've been around agents before, and I was amazed at how little about football some of these agents that I was around, like they would ask me, you know, who should I go after? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're about to invest yeah. tens of thousands of dollars, like in an athlete. And right. you don't know yeah. which one to go after. Like, are you fucking stupid? Like they're asking like, me like, and, and I was like a college football blogger, you know what I mean? And some guy, some guy found me and he was just like, you got a lot of football. He goes, he goes, hey, uh, wait, it's uh, Greg Johnson. He goes, just giving you a jingle. I mean, he was nice That's enough. He was nice enough to pay for my trip to Indianapolis. And I'll give you a story about yeah. Indianapolis. It was me, Greg Johnson, and a guy named Scott Forsyth, all right? We're all we're all having dinner at this restaurant called the Palomino in downtown Indianapolis, right? And keep in mind, like I don't know anything about the agent game, like in the NFL. Like I was completely, fu- I was completely fucking clueless. So I sit down dinner with these guys, and all of a sudden my head starts fucking spinning, bro. Neil Stratton, the guy that runs inside the league, who by the way, shout out to Neil Stratton. He is a great agent reporter. He's one of the few reporters on agent news in the NFL. Anyways, he starts talking about how AJ green, when he was coming out of, of college, he, there, there was like a runner that got tight with AJ green. Right. And anyways, the runner got really tight with AJ green. And before AJ's parents knew about it, that guy took the relationship and said, to all of these different agencies and said, I want a hundred thousand dollars. And like, uh, I think 1% of the contract, something like that. Keep in mind agents at that time only got 3% of the contract. So yeah, it was a lot of fucking money. Dude. I was like, Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. It was, it was a wild story. I was like, God, this, it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of the, the thing of hearing stories like that in agents. What worries me about the endorsements in college athletics. And, you know, Zach Smith has said this on his podcast, and I think he's spot on about this. I think he's 100% right. Yeah. Says it's going to be about the Wild West, you know, like it's really going to yeah. be, it's going to be insane, dude. You're going to have agents literally. Facebooking and Instagramming and messaging all these middle school kids. It's going to, it, that's never going to end. Yep. I agree, man. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely a slippery slope and I don't know, man, someone needs to step in and say like, like there needs to be a rule. Like you cannot contact a player until like a certain point, you know, cause 
listen, I, I'm a college football junkie and I'll, I've watched highlights of guys in middle school and stuff, but sometimes I just, I get pissed off when they, they have these, there's like sixth grader, like middle school highlights. It's like, you know what? By the time that guy gets in high school, he might not even like the game anymore. You know what I mean? Like, let I the know. kid let the kid develop and see what happens. Like you're being like way too early because you know there's guys like who was the guy who went to West Virginia that was so good the receiver. Uh, um, God, David, uh, David, 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 something. I remember Tavon Austin. He was he was oh, the uh, he was the receiver. Remember he was a quarterback in high school. God. Anyways, uh, that kid he he got recruited by, um, he got recruited by Lane Kiffin. He got offered like in the eighth grade. Anyways, he wasn't a quarterback. By the time he was a senior at West Virginia, he was one of the most dominant receivers in college football. Yeah, you remember white that kid, white kid? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I'm, yep. I'm blanking I know on exactly his name. What you're talking about. I'm blanking on his name yep. right now. I can't think of either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. You have any other stories about EA Sports and uh, you guys playing playing uh, the game like on dorms and stuff? Because to me, like that I would mean, be the coolest thing ever to be in a college football game and get to play as yourself on the video game. Like that would be like the most dude, epic thing was, ever. But but that was the that was a big thing. Like I. Right. College football jump at midnight. We're going out to Walmart buying a game. So then you immediately go to OU and everybody's looking at their ratings. Everybody's trying to see what their rate is. Like, oh, I'm an 80. I'm an impact player. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you, you, you just get it going, man. You, then you instantly start a dynasty. Man, we had we had dynasties where they had a PlayStation and Todd. Todd Spencer Emac had a, uh, a trip at the time. They had a triple. So, um, had the PlayStation in there. Dudes would come in and play that game. Ty, everybody in the room might be asleep, but somebody's in there on the PlayStation playing the dynasty, you know, because everybody had to come in and play that game. Um, but yeah, that was, that was like, because summer Athens is nothing to do anyway. Um, so you just spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of time playing college football, man, playing NCAA. And it's funny now, because now that I'm coaching, and kids, kids will pull out the old NCAA and like, like on PlayStation uh, Two, like, ah, oh, Coach McQueen, man, I played with you on the game. Like, yeah, it is cool. To, you know, it, it is cool to hear that, man. It is cool to actually be able to play with yourself as a player on the game. We spent, we played, we played a, a shit ton of college football over the days. I, I never really liked that anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you college know, football was the go-to. You know, Madden's engine, I'll be honest, Madden's engine in the video game, it used to be epic back when Eddie George was yep. on the Titans. I remember they had like oh, an engine. Man. They had like an engine that was, it was just like the smoothest gameplay of Madden. Yep. Back, back, I, I can't yep. even really explain it, but it was just, Madden was so much, played. it was so much better back then and they fucked with the engine and they totally fucked the whole it game did. up. And it, it glitches and just does dumb shit now, man. I still work with Madden. Still wasn't Madden at all, talk, man. My buddy, my buddy was laughing at Al. He was he was playing Madden the other day. He's like, dude, he's like, what the hell is this tackling in Madden? He's like, 
<laughs> the guy literally grabs yeah. the guy and throws him to the ground. Like they don't really tackle yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. If anything, that's, that's pretty accurate about what you can do in the NFL. Now. Yeah. You definitely no shit. can't tackle people anymore. No shit, dude. The, the, the defensive rules, I, I feel so sorry for defensive backs in the National Football League. I mean, just uh, the worst, man. And not only that, all the records and everything nowadays, like, listen, I, I, I love watching Drew Brees throw the ball. You know, he's one of the better quarterbacks in, in football <laughs> history, you know, but God damn, like a lot of these records now, you're going to have to put asterisks beside them because of all the rules. You are, man. You are. And what about um, who are some other great college football players? Like who's your favorite football player of all time to watch? Crazy one, man. I give you, I think, um, I think Reggie Bush was the, Best college running back I've ever seen. My favorite, favorite all time running back is Edwin James. Yeah. Edwin James, talk, Edge, man. Talk uh, about Edge. Out of the U. Out of the U, man. He was, Edwin James was the reason I wore number five in college. Um, and uh, huge shout out to Chad Brinker, man. I love Chad Brinker. He wore number five before me at OU. Um, I think a lot of people, and had a great career, you know, had he not had a brain tumor. I would have been chasing his records easily. You know, Chad, and Chad sent me, he wrote me up a letter and delivered it to me, man. And it was just about the the responsibility of wearing the number five at OU and the intangibles you have to have. And I still have that letter. A lot of people thought I started wearing number five because of Chad Breaker. It was like, nah, man. My dream school coming out was Miami. I just knew I was going to the U. And I wanted to be like Edge and James, man. Edge wore five in college. I, I'm one five in college, man. So Edge is most definitely my uh my favorite uh running back of all time. Um, you know, I'm 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 a huge I was a huge fan, like looking back on it, uh, as far as athletes, uh, you know, back when Steve Springer was at Florida, I'm talking in the nineties, you know, they had Danny Warfare we there, Anthony Jacquez Green, Fred Taylor, you know, those dudes are crazy. And you look at, you know, the Miami teams where like I said, that 2001 team was just loaded with talent. You know, you look at it and think, all right, Sean Taylor, Vince Wilford, Intro Rowe, uh, Kellen Winslow, all were backups on that team. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Those, those Miami teams, those dude, were, early 2000s backups, were ridiculous, man. bro. What's just ridiculous, man? Didn't they have oh, Ed man, Reed? So, they had Ed Reed and Sean Taylor in the same fucking secondary, didn't they? No, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Sean Taylor was a backup to Ed Reed. Yeah. Sean Taylor wasn't even playing. Yeah, yet. that's that's wild. <laughs> look at what bro. he went on to do. That's crazy, right? Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of college football. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy watching teams have their run, right? So you know, you had Miami had their run, and then USC had a nice run. Alabama definitely had a nice run, you know. Um, and Clemson's kind of on a come up. They're consistently there. Ohio State's consistently there. It, it's just, it's enjoyable to watch these dudes, man. It's enjoyable to watch uh, college football and the way things are going, man. I'm a huge fan of the playoffs. I like that setup. Uh, not sure. I don't know if it would be a bad thing to expand to 16, but 
you know, I think four solid. And the, and the, and the committee has typically gotten it right, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, you throw Honey Badger on that list. Or, oh, or dude. Time Matthew was I, your, I was watching Honey Badger's highlights today, dude. I'll be honest, man. Yeah. Honey Badger was, like, Heisman Trophy, like, contending type player, like, at LSU. I mean, he, he, was, a, he, was, a, he was a Heisman finalist. I know. He was a Heisman finalist, man, you know. Uh, that dude was crazy, crazy. Just his instincts of, of making plays. He was better in college. Out. He was better in college than he is in the pros. And I can't really figure yeah. that out. I can't really figure out why. Man, he covered injuries and 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 fit and being in the right system. God, uh, but he's doing good with the team. Shit, he just won a Super Bowl. Dude, you know, you know, one of my favorite. Uh, favorite college football teams of all time to watch. Uh, the best secondary yeah. I've ever seen in my life, Calvin. Um, I think it was, wasn't it the 2011 LSU? I, I can't remember the year, but when they had Chevis yeah. Jackson, they had Chevis yeah. Jackson, Ron Brooks, Therold Simon, Eric Reed. Dude, yeah. that secondary, yeah. the best I I've mean, ever seen in my life. When they, when they got to the I national championship game you, against man. Alabama. No, I mean, yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, remember Patrick Patrick Peterson is an LSU dude too. Dude, I so remember much, so that, much talent has come through there. Dude, Patrick Peterson was ridiculous. Watching he and AJ Green yeah. go at each other was awesome. Oh my gosh, man. They yeah. they, they had some epic yeah, battles. I agree. I agree, man. I mean, obviously we know SEC is a different breed when it comes to football. And I know Big Ten fans don't want to hear, it, but it's the truth, man. The SEC is just a better football conference. Yeah, I agree, dude. They uh, get you. You look at you look at all the athletes on the recruiting list every year. The highest mm-hmm. concentration of the sickest fucking athletes in the world. Like, sure, Thank you're you, gonna get your diamonds in the rough that are gonna go you yeah. know, to the other That's conferences, but yeah. the SEC year in year out is so damn loaded. I mean, that all the schools invest all the money and everything into all of the resources, you know. Well, hell, they do. they're paying paying Nick Saban ten million dollars. Like, I mean, it's just it's insane to me that uh, they're they're gonna have to figure out a way to uh, to. Uh, I don't know if you know you can't just go in and like slash a coach's salary. But to me, how fucking refreshing would it be to see a Nick Saban or a Dabu Sweeney say, you know what, fuck it, I got millions of dollars. I'm coaching for free for the rest of my fucking life. You know. I don't need the money. Would, Give it to someone else. Be, you know what I mean? They would be would, the yeah, biggest be, hero in the world. And and it, it amazes but, me that no one's done it. Like, you know what? It, Step up to the plate. Work. It doesn't it doesn't take that many balls. Like, goddamn, you got enough money. What the fuck are you gonna do with the rest of that money? For God's sake. Even if you, you know, and even if you don't, like, that would be interesting. Coaches cut their salary to pay their players. Yeah, I agree, you know what I mean? dude. We're talking about paying players. Coaches cut your salary. Yeah, that's you that's. You telling me you yeah. can't you can't you can't pay a college football team off of a million dollars? Yeah, I sure agree. That out, right? I, I agree, Calvin, yeah. and I think that for all the people that say that, you know college players get paid enough with the education and that there isn't money to go around. It's like, look at these coaches salaries. You slash those and guess yeah. what? You got your exactly. money slash, don't, don't slash the me. coaches salaries and you'll get the money. 
don't tell me, like I just said, with all these coaches that get bonuses, don't tell me that's not enough money to go around. And, yeah, we're getting education paid for, but we're also, when other students aren't there, we're there. We have to leave when they tell us to leave. We have to be back when they tell us to be back. We have to go through the educational part of it. And, you know, very few professors are going to be understanding about, you know, like, hey, we don't feel sorry for you, you know? And I get it, man. You're right. You are honored. It's an honor to get an athletic scholarship to go to college, man. And that's a responsibility that comes with it. But again, like you said, money's coming in. Man, what, I don't know if you've been to OU lately, and it's a shit ton of new buildings going up. Like, where's that money coming from? Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's definitely uh it's not falling from the sky, you know, and let's be honest. I mean, that's why that's why I saw the Florida State Athletic Director, I'll never forget the quote, once all the coronavirus stuff hit, they were like, you know, what's gonna happen if if football season doesn't happen? He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, God help us all. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, it's it's totally true, man. And I don't know, like, what are your thoughts, Calvin? Like, do you, do you think the season's going to happen? Because I'll be perfectly honest, man. Straight up, I see so many guys already testing positive. I think it's a fucking long shot, dude. And that that uh, that depresses me as a diehard college football fan because I want to believe. But, man. We are, right now, we are, uh. You know, on the high school level, we're currently preparing as if we're going to have a 10-game season. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if numbers spike, if, if they go up. I just, I'll say this. If numbers go back up, it won't be a season. You know, you look at Michigan's president. Michigan's president already said, and I don't know how you can back on this statement. He said if students aren't on campus, then they won't have fall sports. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And, and you know, I think at the high school level here, and here in Ohio, I think just off of playoff ticket sales, Ohio high school made a million dollars. You know what I mean? Um, if football doesn't, if football doesn't go, it's a lot of universities are going to take hits, and it's going to hurt other athletic programs because these football teams bring in a lot of money for the athletic uh, department, which is able to fund some of those smaller sports. And those kids and those athletes deserve to be able to play too, man. You know, like nobody should be, you know, it, it, it sucks to see athletics being cut because of money. You know, I'm, I'm playing that we actually get a season because it would suck to not have a football season. Yeah. For many reasons. Yeah. I mean, the, the country needs football in just so many ways. I mean, an endless amount of reasons. You know, yeah. quite honestly, Calvin, if if I I'll be I'll be curious to hear how you answer this. What would be the one football speech that you would give to America if you could give one speech to all Americans right now? I'll tell you what mine is and then I'll let you go, all right? You yeah. ready for mine? Yeah, what is it? Mine, Al Pacino from Any Given Sunday, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I love that fucking movie so much. He goes, you know, when you get old, you realize life's this game of inches. And he goes, now either we heal as a team 
Yeah. Or we will die, we die as individuals. That is one of um, my all-time favorite football speeches, without question. And to me, Al Pacino fucking needs to say that to fucking everyone, you know? Like, really. Uh, yeah. Probably cheesy. Probably cheesy on my part, man. But the climate of our nation right now with all the shit that's going on, um, I would probably go with Denzel Washington speech and remember the Titans um, when they had they went on the run and they went uh, to Gettysburg and he was just saying how you know how many men died here you know whatever regardless of color they died here mm-hmm. he was just saying how and they were just trying to get the team to come together we definitely have to get our country together I think a lot of shit needs to change as far as um, you know you look at police brutality and I think there's a huge discrepancy in how African-Americans are treated in our country. Um, and even if it's not unity, I think people need to realize that there is a discrepancy, man. And it's not like black people are asking. We're not asking to be better than anybody. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. when was being asked to be treated equal? How is being asked, how is asking to be treated equal a bad thing? We just want to be on the same level. Put us on the same level, and the rest will take care of itself. And now, you know, we're not asking to be elitists. We don't want to be above anybody. Just right. stop treating us like shit right. on a consistent basis. Right. You know, but I think that speech, that speech, you know, we're talking about unity and bringing people together. I think that would be great for the climate of our uh, society right now. You know, yeah. you know, Denzel's my favorite actor of all time, Calvin. Dude, he's fucking, he's amazing. Come on, man. You, you realize, you realize that Trading Day is unquestionably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, how did he, he pour himself into that role, man? Damn, that's a great. Oh, he did a great yeah, job dude. with that one. He he goes, he goes, he pull, pull down your pants. He goes. Which which note you want? Come on. He goes, make a decision. Which note you want? Yeah. 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 He's like, ass roll, he's like boom. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. God, he, he's so good. Denzel, one of the most charismatic individuals on this planet. His father was a preacher growing up. And I mm-hmm. quite honestly, I listened, I listened to Denzel speak and I, I, you feel it in his voice every time he speaks. He's one of the most charismatic mm-hmm. individuals I've ever listened to in my life. I told my buddy, I, I don't, I was telling my buddy the other day, I'm like, you know what? Fuck all the presidential candidates. I'm going to vote for Denzel Washington. Denzel Fuck Washington. him. Yeah. Denzel the president, bro. You, you remember when, uh, Martin Lawrence, I, f- I forget what movie, but he goes, I could be Denzel Washington. Take a good look. Yeah, dude, Denzel is incredible. And an American gangster, I could go on and on about oh, all his movies. But yeah. Russell Crowe pissed me off in that movie, but Which one? That's a great movie. Russell Crowe, an American gangster. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised by his role in that one. Yeah, he like, was, damn man, it's like, uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, weird role in that movie. Yeah, but gosh, yeah. Frank Frank Lucas, he's so good. He goes, Pepsi, that's a brand yeah. name, you know. Uh, he's just he's such a such a beautiful speaker, man. My Denzel impersonations don't do it justice, man. 
Like that to my brother. My brother does the best Denzel impersonation, Calvin. He goes, Oh, you motherfucker, Jake. You shot me in the ass. I need to hear this one, man. I need to hear your brother do that one. He goes, he goes, uh, you know my favorite is when he he goes, he goes, you know where you're going, Jake. He goes, you know what the gas chamber smells like, don't you? He goes, pine oil. That's where you're going, boy. Pine oil heaven. That's crazy. Right now, Denzel Tom, man. Denzel. I mean, Denzel Tom Hanks is probably two of my favorite actors of all time, man. Oh, that's Denzel Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks, man. That guy could do anything. He's he's incredible in uh, yeah. tons of movies. Um, you know, yeah. one. Out of all the games, Calvin, it's it's amazing. I can't believe I forgot this one, but I got some funny stories from this one, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, a win that a lot of people say one of the greatest wins in Ohio football history, Pittsburgh. Shout out to Tyler Palco uh, for the two pick sixes uh, to Dion Byram. You are the best player on the Ohio Bobcat yeah. football roster. What a beast. Yeah, dude. Um, so. First nationally televised game at Peden. Um, and it's on a Friday, like here, you know, students to the pregame. So we, we go out for warm up and I'm like, I'm pissed because I'm gonna say that I'm like, I'm gonna say that this should be packed now. You know what I mean? Like I so we, we leave to go back in the locker room before we come out for kickoff and the stadium is a full. And I'm like, man, that's fucked up. This is our first national televised game. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's in the stands, man. This shit gonna be shitty. Bro, we come back out. We come back out of the tunnel, and it's fucking jumping. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the hill is packed every day. I'm like, this is what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> this is it. Coincidentally, uh, before that game, before the game early in the week, Dion had came up to me. Dion came up to me. He said, "Calvin, man," he said, "Quarterback loves to throw three steps." If he throws a three-step, I'm jumping it. And I'm like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, all right, man, do your thing, Dion. You know, I, I got other shit to worry about. You know, I'm always, <laughs> yeah, you do your thing. Okay, good for you. Okay. And sure enough, you know what I mean? I'm like, cool, let's go. All right, whatever. I got to worry about my game plan. Sure enough, three-step out, Dion jumping. Boom, pit. Like he's going to stumble. Well, wind back. Pittsburgh got the ball first, open the kick up, they took that bitch to the house, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. Here we go, man. Open the kick up, they took that bitch to the house. I'm like, damn, here we go. Um, but they throw a three step out, Deion Johnson, touchdown. Uh, they keep that field goal to go to overtime, and they got a ball back at overtime. When they keep that field goal to go to overtime, I'm like, fuck, man, damn. They come back, they run a couple of plays, they throw a three step slant. <laughs> Dion jumped it again. Dion jumped it again. I'm like, oh shit, we're about to win this game. <laughs> Dude, Dion's run about. Dion, you know, away. Dion's running down our sideline. He's running down our sideline. Paco is chasing him. I'm like on the field, probably should have got a flag. And as Paco runs by, I'm like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I'm like, Fuck you, big. So I sprint to the end zone. I saw a sprint to the end zone. Jump on Dion. <laughs> King was on the field. Jump on on top of us. 
I can't breathe. This shit, I like, this shit's hurting. I'm, at that point, I'm like, damn, I made a mistake. There's not a whole thing on top of me. Students rush the field. All you smell is beer, liquor. I'm, like, I'm about to get in the Dude, shower. Everyone in that stadium. And I'm getting fucked e- up. Everyone in that stadium was so loaded, bro. Was drunk, man. I mean, you could smell the alcohol on the field. And I was like, I'm about to hop in the shower. I said, I'm hopping in the shower, changing my clothes, and I'm going uptown, and I'm getting fucked up too. That was my whole thought process, man. Did you that did you see was, how they uh, did you see how they had the fires lit after the game and shit? Yes, man. Like, come on, man. It does. You know, it doesn't take much for us to have a party in Athens. Yeah, right. But you telling me we just won our first national te- televised game in dramatic fashion in overtime? Nah, bro. We we about to get it. we getting drunk, man. We, we about to get it in. Oh, dude, that was. And we had practice. And we had practice the next morning. But I was like, I, I'll be. I show up to practice hungover if I got. We getting it in tonight, dude. That was. I'll never forget. I swear to God, the student section was literally running on the field before yeah, Dion even crossed the fucking goal line. Yeah, because I was right there with him. I'm telling you, man. I was like, I want you to go back and look. If you watch that highlight, I will. I, I've watched corner, it. Watch it numerous times this week. You, you look in the corner, you will see me number five, helmet in hand. I got the idea to talk. Oh fuck, these bitch! <laughs> I don't even know why. I, I, I don't even know why. That was like the first thing I came out of my mouth. Fuck you. I, I guess in my mind, like, fuck you, we about to win this game. <laughs> I'm about to go celebrate. Like, shout you, shout out to Tyler Paul, like, yo, you're I, such yeah, a fucking yeah, beast. Yeah, man, shout out to Tyler, my bad, yeah, my bad, man. You know, no hard feelings. I don't know you, but no hard feelings to you, Tyler. But my dog told me he was going to jump on three steps. He did it. He got a pick. Oh, well, that was... For it, so fuck you. Oh gosh, that makes me love you so yeah, much man. more that you told yeah, Tyler Polko, fuck you, bitch. We're about to win this game and we're gonna yeah, get drunk. I don't even know. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. I'm like, fuck you. Why are you still chasing him? You're not gonna catch him. You already picked six you one time. <laughs> Stop running, man. Go to the locker room. You and uh who was it? Dave one set with his Cheesy ass mustache. Yeah, dude. Um, fuck them too. I, re- I remember they were they were fighting. They were fighting in the media after that game, pointing fingers. I remember. I bet they were. <laughs> I bet they started off the season on two because they had lost their first game, right? Yeah. So they, I know they they came in Athens like, man, we about to, you know, we're gonna be these. Dudes. Oh yeah, I know. It was a ultimately it was a boring game. It wasn't one offensive touchdown score. You're right. But the dramatics in the end. The dramatic in the end? Oh, nah, yeah. And I, I remember, like, being on the sideline, seeing Tony Ward, jersey untucked. He's tired of him, his jersey untucked. You know what I mean? And we just like, yeah, I'm like, damn, y'all, make a play, man. Make a play. And he threw that slant, and then I was like, I got y'all, boy. God, because we had such a good view of that from the student section. I was in the end zone on the hill, and the whole fucking like, hill. hill cleared. Yeah. As Dion was running to the other side. And every time I watch that highlight, I'm afraid that Dion is going to place the ball down before he crosses the end zone. Yeah. Hey, look. And then I remember because Dion, Dion scores. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, there's a camera there. And Dion looks in the camera and he says, ball game. Like, you damn right, it's ball game. <laughs> I'm going to go shower. Like I said, you're going to go uptown. 
I probably shouldn't even been at the bars at that point because I was like a sophomore. That was my sophomore year. Fuck like it. We're going to sneak in the bar and I'm getting drunk. Yeah, dude, that, that was, was process, that was just an epic performance. Not only that, like I remember the fireworks after that game. Those were the most epic fireworks. Like we had fireworks after you guys clinched the Mac East against Akron, but dude, those yeah. fireworks against Pittsburgh, literally like I remember, dude, like my cell phone wouldn't work. Like you couldn't get cell phone service. It was like the fucking world stopped in F. Athens, Ohio. It was wild. It did, man. It did. It was crazy. <clears throat> That's the only way I can describe it, man. That shit was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember Frank being happy as hell. That was his first win at OU. Think about that. Now, how about that as being your first win at OU? Hell at yeah. At your new job. That was your first win. Hell yeah, dude. I'd, Damn, be, I'd be happy as a dog with two dicks. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, Frank you... probably got fucked up that night, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious because, you know, like that, that game, I mean, just those interceptions by Dion, you know, and, you know, looking back at that game, I didn't realize how good of a game Todd Koenig had that game. He had a really good interception, interception in the back of the end zone where he slid down. Yep. Yep. He had a fucking turn burn off of that too. Oh, that's. I don't know that. (laughs) He catches the sideline with part of his leg missing because he had a turf bird there. But no, that that pit game, man, you got to remember that was a lot of those dudes, you know, I think that was might have been T. Ward's true freshman year. You know, man, we were so young. We were young, man. We were young, which which allowed us to have that season we did the following year. If you say that was, that was Muncy and those guys junior year. We had all those dudes coming back, man. So we had all those linebackers. We had, uh, uh, Tony coming back, myself, Austin, Mitch, all those dudes coming back, man. You know, was TJ Wright. TJ Wright, man, probably one of the most underrated players. Oh yeah, he was. He was really good, dude. He, he made dog, some. Man. He TJ made some nasty interceptions, yeah. dude. That cat could ball, dog, man. Yeah, Beaumont, Texas, man. But uh, that you know that allowed us to have that season we had the following year uh, in 2006. We made that epic ball, man. Yeah, dude. Like, what a what an epic epic uh, season! And uh, God, that that pit win was something else, man. I mean, I'll I'll never forget that. And I know everyone else that was in that stadium that night, dude. That was just God. Some of the that was some of the wildest shit I've ever been around in Athens, yeah, Ohio. Man. Calvin, I'm curious about the. Uh, do you have a particular like playing surface that you liked? Uh, playing on particularly like gra- natural grass as opposed to field turf. Yeah, I remember you turf. would talk about how the mouth, you know, the field turf, the little rubber that pellets would spray up on it. <clears throat> that shit sucks, man. You, you got, that shit sucks, man. You have those black little pellets everywhere. You like getting in the shower and they're like in your ass crack. You're like, how the hell did that happen? Um, you know, your eye and your mouth. Uh, I'm a natural grass person, man. You know, I love playing on grass. It's just just what I'm used to. Uh, I think it fit my running style, you know, and you didn't get any turf burns. I remember high school playing on the old Astro turf, like the carpet. That shit sucks. <laughs> like, so the, like, that, the vet, like, like the vet like the vet in yeah, uh, yeah. Philly? Yeah. Here, and I'll add this to it. The glass bowl, that's a shitty thing. I hate it. That surface, 
is god off. <laughs> I hate it. I hated going to Toledo, and I hated playing that. I hated it, man. Worst stadium in the match. That's funny, man. The glass bowl. Talk about your uh, your favorite stadium to go to. I know you said you like you like Virginia. Places. You said you like Virginia Tech a lot. Virginia, Virginia Tech, you know, having been able to play there twice was amazing, man. That was probably the best atmosphere I ever played in. Um, you know, shout out to Lane Stadium, man. Let's uh, go, Hokey. That shit was crazy, man. Um, Lane Stadium, uh, Kentucky was a nice setup. Uh, we went down there my freshman year with beat Kentucky. That was a nice setup. Russell yeah, I remember that. Atmosphere. Didn't, didn't Scott Mail? He balled out that game, didn't he? Yeah, Scott. Scott had a Scott had a, caught a slant looking for like eighty yards to the crib. Yeah, he Cardinals was just, Scott Mail was fast as shit, good. man. God, he was, he was really man. fast. Yeah, uh, I stopped trying to chase him and block. But I thought the, the the Mac Stadium would be Miami. Miami had a really, really nice setup. Obviously, it's one of your rivals. Yeah, one of your rivals, so uh, you want to beat them. But they did have a nice setup as far as stadiums went, you know, with aesthetics and just rooms in the locker room. Like, some of those visitor stadiums were just fucking terrible. Like, the, the Rubble Bowl, the old one, like, before they built, before Akron built that new stadium. Oh, God. Yeah, the glass. The roller ball was worse than the glass ball, I think. It was pretty shitty, too. Um, Akron yeah, as far Stadium? As stadiums, yeah, Akron. yeah, Akron's old stadium was bad. But as far as conference stadiums, uh, but you know what? Northern Illinois had a nice setup, too. It was it was, it was was unique, man. But, man. but again, it was just an honor to be able to go and play in these places. Yeah. It was my picture bowl, man, down there. When Central Florida was still in the match. I think the one that I wish I would have got to play in Huntington. I never got to play with uh, Marshall at Marshall. I wish I could have played in Huntington, though, because I heard that crowd is crazy, too. Yeah, that's funny, man. You know I, I covered um, – I worked for the MarshallRivals.com site for about eight months. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, college college football recruiting, man. It's a it's a circus, man. It's kind of like a circus full of uh, funhouse mirrors, shall we say? You know, I'm just hey, amazed. Yeah, absolutely, I'm amazed at how you know all the all the prospects just they, they just don't know like they're just so innocent going in the process. But I think I think nowadays more people are educated on it. But I think there's probably still mm-hmm. a lot of people that are really naive to the whole process and now you know you mix in agents in the whole college recruiting process i mean imagine this you're going to get 40 calls a week from reporters you're going to get 40 calls a week from college coaches and then you're going to get 40 calls a week from agents if you're like a top five basketball recruit like that's fucking insane you're gonna have to hire someone you're gonna have to hire like a pr firm or someone to Manage all your phone calls. But but what sucks with that, especially with the college basketball, man, these kids can end up getting hurt because you got to think all it takes is for one agent to offer somebody something, like offer a family member something. This family member is like, oh, I can get him to sign with you. You give me $50,000. What was the agent going to do? You know, you talk about, you know what I mean? Right. Now what happens, what happens when that kid decides to go to college and this family member is taking money? I think, yeah, I think Zion is in some kind of trouble because they said he took money at Duke, you know, which if you pay players, 
it wouldn't be a need to take money from boosters or whoever else. But yeah, I agree, Calvin. I, I agree. I, I think I think the stipend would be a better option to that, and I think it would cut out some of the money from the agents. I think, unfortunately, yep. I think it's, you know, they say the wheels of capitalism never stop, and, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to eliminate it completely, unfortunately, because I think that, uh, you know, there's just not enough people regulating it. Not only that, the NCAA is just a... A powerless entity, you know what I mean? It's a powerless and uh, hypocritical entity in a lot of ways. Jay Bealis makes a living tearing the NCAA to pieces every year. Very hypocritical, man. It is, man. Calvin, I wanted to thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, man. I really appreciate you taking all the time to uh, come on my podcast to tell you what. Hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully this podcast can be a voice for players, you know, talking about player compensation yep. issues like that, that yep. uh, affect them. You know, I, I think it would be a good thing that a lot of players can uh, speak up on issues like that, you know? Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're doing a great job, man. Just to, to be able to provide a platform for guys like me to come on and, you know, one, relive memories and share stories with people who probably don't know the ins and outs of college athletics and college football. But for two to be able to speak on things like that, man, whether it be competition of players or social injustices, whatever the case may be, man, keep up the good work, Wade, man. I'm super proud of you. You know, uh, whatever you need from me, just holler at me, man. I got you, bro. That OU love, man. Bobcat love, man. Definitely, I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. Calvin McCray, ladies and gents, number five on the field, number one in our hearts forever. Thank you so much, Calvin. Right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. to the flow theory podcast you can listen to our podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and tune in